dad, grace with my dad, grace with my dad, grace with my dad. Hi, welcome back to Grace with My Dad. I'm Danny Lippman, and I'm here with my dad, Michael Lippman. Hi there. And today, we're going to be talking about three episodes of Grey's Anatomy, season 19 episodes three, four, and five, I think. Yeah. Why have we been so remiss? <laughs> we watched episode three, and we said, hmm, this might be one of those where we combine it with next week's because it didn't have that much to talk about. Then it got to episode four, and I had the flu, <laughs> and I barely had a voice to talk and record, and then the third episode came, episode five, and now we're here. And honestly, we have been disappointed with all in three these episodes, yeah, which is really sad. Because um, I think we were not disappointed with the first two. No, at all. we were really ecstatic with the first two, with the interns and the. Yeah, you're going to have to remind me of things that happened in these three episodes, but let me just say in general that we were so happy about the first two episodes because, first of all, I went back and read, like, there was an August article, I guess, in August, like, everyone was covering this. Ellen Pompeo said, Grey's Anatomy should not be so preachy. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like... They really took that to heart. Krista Vernoff and staff, because the first two episodes were not preachy. We were praising it for the fact that the issues they were dealing with, they were dealing with in subtle ways that were character based mm -hmm. and not preachy. Plus, all the interns came along and we were like, oh, wow, the show is infused with new energy with all these new characters. Both of those points have really gone to pot in the last three episodes. The interns have functioned as one sort of mass group. We haven't really gotten to know the interns as individuals very well. They clump them all together so that they're like, you know, a group doing stuff together, whether that's carving pumpkins or working on cadavers. But we really haven't had a chance to like isolate them and follow their stories Except maybe Lucas a little. A little bit. But a little bit. Although we're kind of hitting on that same point again and again. Over and, and again over and over. <laughs> of that he doesn't want to be outed as a shepherd. Which is dumb. But then worse than that is the preachiness, which has come yes. back in full force. Well, so honestly, because when we watched that the episode three, that first episode, we were like, we, we can't record about this just <laughs> because we thought it was bad. But I would say it was the best of the three. <laughs> I know. Which. Which is sad. Is, was that the one where they all did the, where they did the the social media yeah, blitz yeah. on reproductive right. health or something? I mean, I get that Grace has always done the relative, relevant issues. And, but they've done it in such good way. We've said this all in season 17. It's not that they can't talk about things, but the way that they do it, where they literally just state facts about laws and about things that people can't do anymore and about what's being stripped away from people. Like, yes, some people don't know, but you could still do it in a way that's more television than like a documentary information giving to people. Totally. Especially since when you do it as a documentary giving info to people, it forces the actors to be so awkward. Yes, 
it, they're they they're so uncomfortable, and I'm sure they care because everyone cares. It's a, obviously a huge thing, but it's awkward. It's not natural no. that people would say people don't have those conversations like that in real life. So why would they make them have that if this show is portraying real life? Exactly. I mean, to the I think what we're both alluding to is the most to me egregious example of this, which is Bailey and Addison. In the last episode. Well, yeah, episode five. And honestly, it could have even been good because the stuff in the car, like where the woman, so basically a woman was pregnant, but it was like a ectopic. I don't know what that, the baby is like already dead inside or isn't gonna. I think it means, and I know this only from Grey's Anatomy, I think it means that it's outside of the uterus. So it's not going to live, basically. Right. It's like right. it's it's never going to grow into an actual no birth giving baby no and so she wants to get an abortion right I think right yes. That's but the doctor in her state Idaho is, I think yeah is not allowing it is not allowing it and is basically saying well I recognize that this pregnancy probably is not viable but there's still a fetal heartbeat so the doctor is basically too nervous to perform an an abortion because of the law law. that he could be which and all this is actually really interesting yeah if you talk about the like the realness of it the doctors and like people are saying no to people because they don't want to lose their medical license that is all super interesting and and parts of their little scenes where they didn't talk about it with facts and, like, they talked about the emotion of it was good. Like, when she was sad and then she was dying because the baby or whatever, the pregnancy was not – I don't I don't exactly understand what happened, but she basically started bleeding out in the car. It was trafficy, and no one could get to her in time, so she was dying. And, like, she was giving her last words. And, like, that stuff was good because Grace knows how to do that stuff. Yes. And yes. Addison being there for her in that moment and Miranda's facial expressions in that moment was all good. But then when the police officer comes to question Addison and she gives a 20-minute speech to the police officer about the law and the facts, it just takes the, like, emotion and the, like, care – not care because obviously we care, but – Well, yeah, it takes the storytelling yeah. out of it. and. By the way, this all starts with what? How does it start with with Bailey and Addison basically deciding that they're going to be sort of like warriors for you know abortion rights, basically, mm-hmm. or for dealing with the current situation, which already is a really, really terrible setup. I mean, that that was the most disturbing yeah. part. It's like they come in. They're all, and again, you're exactly right. It's like, it's not that everyone isn't feeling this way and that these feelings are not valid, but the way that they express them are so not the way that Bailey and Addison express express, things. Yes. Like, they are professionals, they are doctors. Part of the fun of Grey's Anatomy is that you don't have people super indulging in these sort of like, political speeches it's that these people are about doing the job these people are about dealing with the reality on the ground and like pivoting and dealing and being pros and being tough so to see them in this sort of like you know sentimental weepy kind of state it's just so awkward Mm -hmm. it's weird because we do care 
<laughs> but like, it's it's so yeah. It's difficult. It's really <laughs> it's difficult to talk about because I feel like I'm not saying that it's not real, but it's just so it's not good television. Yeah, and there's a way to make it be good television and make exactly the same point. Yeah. And that's what Ellen Pompeo was saying when she was saying it shouldn't be so preachy. She was never saying, no. let's not tackle these issues. But then people attack her and say that she's insensitive and doesn't care. Right. And, and those are the people that say, oh, my God, these three episodes have been the most amazing. I've been sobbing for three episodes. Wow. Okay. There are well, there are those people. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. It's, you know. I mean, I guess they're, they are reflecting a certain way that we feel and that people feel. Mm-hmm. But these are characters. These are not And that us. we know well. Yes, so exactly. So it's not, it's not good to change them completely. No. I'm, and, you know, Bailey especially is sort of... But Addison, too, that, that's what really disturbed me was that Addison lost her. Well, I think we're also watching season three right now and seeing the best of Addison ever. And the best of Bailey. And the best of Bailey, right. So it's just, like, so weird to then watch them in that way. Totally. And one of the amazing things I'm noticing about our rewatching of the early seasons is that, yeah, Bailey's the Nazi for a few episodes, but she shows her soft side pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And it has a lot to do with children. And, I mean, that's a theme of Bailey from the beginning, and they managed to capture her, like, toughness and her soft side through many seasons mm-hmm. completely brilliantly. And you, ne- she never let herself or the writers never let her be completely subsumed by her soft side mm-hmm. or her political, you know. Yeah, because she or- totally did care. She was always that way. Yes. But it's just, it's preachy now. It's really preachy. And I mean, I have the, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I have this idea that I don't know if this is true or not, that like they started this season in the writer's room down the road of being really smart and really good storytelling. And then the abortion was overturned. Yeah. Uh And they were just like, they threw everything out the window and just were like, oh my God, we can't not deal with this. And which is valid, but they could have done it in a better way. Yes. Basically. Yes. And that's kind of it. Um, <laughs> but when I look back at the three episodes, that was the best one when they ended up making it somewhat funny and somewhat at the end about Owen and Teddy having sex in an amazing way. <laughs> and then a montage of all of them having sex. Like, that was fun. And like, yes, the sex positive episode where they tried to make a viral video about basically sex education, but also in a sex positive way. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. That ended, we were like, ugh, we don't even really want to record on this episode. It's so weak compared to the first two. But then <laughs> compared to the next two, it was masterful. Yes. That had some cute things in it, too. Yeah. I mean, dumb, but cute. Like, everyone dancing. Mm-hmm. Embarrassing. Oh, yeah. No, but, but that cute. was funny. And then they posted that on the Instagram, like, on the Grey's ABC Instagram. Like, right. it was funny. And that episode ended up being, like, silly and, like, enjoyable. So then they, but then they basically did it again, this episode. Right. Which, what was the, the middle one was the Halloween. Oh, yeah. 
pumpkin carving. Pumpkin carving, but then it turned into them carving a body. Yes. And saving a body. But and that's but that just didn't really have any substance to it. It was just like, yeah, they're learning how to do surgery, but it wasn't any character development or anything. No. No. To be cared for. And like I said, they're all sort of a group instead of being individuals because the writers are still servicing all of the old stories and all of the old characters. So if you have to deal with Meredith and Nick and Amelia and Joe and Bailey and Richard and Link and all of those people, where's the time to develop the interns? They, I'm on the side of they have to sort of get over the old people, but that's probably a problem because they're not going to be happy if they're not written into the scripts in a meaningful way. Yeah. So I think right now you have a real tension between the old and the new. And is Gray's going to really be able to move forward no. past this? I I'm not know. pro continuing after Meredith. You're not? I, I feel like I was, but I, just for the purpose of getting more Gray's Anatomy. Right. But I'm not really. I'm pro if they can figure out how to make it about the interns again and have just the color be the old cast. But there's probably so much politics around that. Yeah. So much, so many issues. So I don't know. Um, what was also in that episode was the LSD kids. Oh, which I despise. Because the, it's not real. I just don't think, I mean, maybe there's been one documented case ever of somebody taking LSD and thinking they could fly. I mean, yeah. and that's what they decided to do a story On about. Halloween as like a scary. Yeah. At a time when like there's so much interesting research about those kinds of drugs and how they can be so helpful therapeutically it just was weird to me there was no nuance to that story at all it's it could have been like written in the you know in the 70s of like a scare tactic of don't do Mm -hmm. drugs it just was i'm not saying go do lsd but it was just so weird yeah that really bugged me it was weird and those kids (laughs) were Well, let's maybe talk about Meredith and Zola because they're cute. I mean, I'm really liking Zola. I actually am more now, for sure. And I think that's an... I mean, obviously, they're they're telling the story to get Meredith out of the show for the second half of the season. Yes. And the story ultimately is Zola is so gifted that she needs to be... Did we discuss that episode or was that one of the episodes? I We didn't really... Dis- we discussed... Because at the end of the episode that we discussed, Nick says to Meredith, like, oh, she's so gifted and like she's like Maggie. And right. So we need to help her and that might be the reason why. But then... We didn't talk about anything else. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a kind of an interesting storyline that, you know, her troubles were coming from the fact that she's too gifted. She's more smart than anyone else in her grade, so she's over or under stimulated, was what Meredith said. Yes. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But well, why do they really have to move to Boston for the right school? Usually people find the right schools 
in their state or city. Well, they did handle that in this episode because uh, what's his name? Sorry, Jackson. Jackson basically pitched to Meredith, "Hey, she's so anxious about Alzheimer's. Why don't you try to cure it?" Like, while she legit, goes to school, while she goes to school, and I here in Boston. Have all the resources you need. And the money. Absolutely top technology. All the money. So you guys should just be in Boston. And when Meredith then goes and tells Zola that pitch, Zola then admits, which she hadn't before, that she truly loved the Boston school. First she was like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, because she didn't want to do it. But then when she found out that her mom's going to be working on Alzheimer's, which is what's really causing her anxiety, then she's happy to move. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean... But, I mean, that was probably the most clever storytelling. And Jackson was good. Like, because I feel that Jackson in season 17 was preachy. Yeah. But here, like, even when he said the line, like, and money is what what gets medical things moving. Like, he... They could have written in for him to give a whole speech about that, but they didn't. And, uh, like, they could have done that with every single other thing that they've been doing. Because I thought that was, like, cool. It was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, this is what's actually going to make it happen. And, like, Jack Snavery, this rich guy, is what makes things happen because of his money. And, like, that's super interesting, but it's a real thing. But, you know. No, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. A lot of the stories probably could have been fixed just with less. Yeah. Just say less. Yes. <laughs> no, Zola. Zola's cute. Yeah. And I and I like that. But I don't really want Meredith to not be on the show. I know. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know. It's probably to hope against hope. But, you know, I'm hoping that they can once again focus more on the interns without Meredith. But I don't know if that's a real thing. And the fact that they're not listening to her advice about less preachy, that to me is the most concerning thing yeah. of all. Because she's there. She's in the room, yeah. right? She's like some I don't know produce. if she's in the writer's room, but she's there. Yeah. Maybe she's half there. I think she's half there. Or a quarter there. Well, Eddie, my friend's dad, who was on an episode in season nine, always talks about how she was on her phone <laughs> oh, yeah. the entire time. Like, they would be, they'd call cut, and she'd get out her phone from her back pocket, be on it, on it, on it, and then they'd call action, and she'd put it somewhere where the camera couldn't see. And, like, there was not a moment where she was not on her phone because, and he did say that he'd talk to her, and she was basically like, I am here 24-7. Like, I never see my kids, nothing. I don't have a life besides Grey's Anatomy. So, like, that is Ellen Pompeo, and that's always been her. Like, she's disconnected, even though she's so there. Right. But uh, now even less with her not being there. Speaking of, we should talk about the moment, which was maybe the best moment of these episodes, where, and again, it's about Zola, where she hugs Zola and tells her that she's extraordinary. Oh, yes. And I, I it's awesome that we just watched that episode. Yes, we literally Like, literally just the day that. before... We watched episode five. We watched the season three episode where uh, Ellis dies and tells Meredith, you're extraordinary, after just telling her that she was ordinary. Right, right. I mean, which is a huge, iconic scene and moment of Grey's Anatomy. And then she says to Zola, you're 
everything. You're extraordinary. You're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Which. I know. I probably never would have connected those dots, which obviously you would, I would have. have. But it really was perfect for it was us. Perfect for us. Yeah. Having just watched that. And and that is something that is so true to life. It's like you're trying not to be your mother. Your mom. You're trying not to mother your daughter the way your problematic mother mothered you. And you're yes. doing the opposite. Or trying to. Yeah, that was good. <sighs> Anything else we need to I mean, I thought well, in the last episode, Amelia and Lucas had a whole because it could be so funny. They could make it yes. so funny that Lucas is telling everyone that he's sleeping with Amelia because of how badly he doesn't want people to think that him and Amelia are related. Like that has such good humor potential. And even in that first scene in the episode where Amelia was like, what you're telling them that we're sleeping together. Like Amelia was funny. That was good. But then when they, did another scene later in the episode where they basically repeated that conversation, but without any humor and with her yelling at him and him yelling at her, it lost all the humor. Totally. Like that should never be a serious storyline. She ends up like making a boundary and telling him like, you can't, you have three days to fix this. This is serious. This could impact my career. Yeah. It's like, which it's so not, it's funny. It's hilarious. He doesn't want like, that's funny. And, and then the fact that you've got other intern, what's the guy's name who, you know, the tall Asian who uh, is. What's his name? I'm forgetting his name, but he, the fact that he basically propositions Amelia because yeah. he thinks. That, that was funny, too. That was funny. Yeah. Like that. There, There is so much potential for that to have just become more and more absurd. But now. It took that serious turn, and you're like, huh. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. And and Karasik was in this episode, and he was not funny. Oh, oh God. He was so... They had the same conversation five times. Yes. That was this episode, the, the last one. It was yes. like uh, Meredith and Jesse Willen... What's his name? Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> um had the same conversation about moving to Boston five times. <laughs> His mom and Karasik had the same conversation about her cancer five times. Zola and Meredith had the same conversation about moving five times. And the interns, Amelia and him, had the same conversation about them being related five times. And there was no, nothing else, really. Yeah. Yeah. And where was his Oh, and, and Addison and Bailey really? had the same thing five times. Yeah. In a way. Uh, and Jackson directed this episode. I know. Which was really, before it even turned really bad, I was already complaining about, I was calling it like chuckle acting. because hey, they Is were, he really a director? I don't know. Just all the actors were doing this weird thing where they were like, hey, how are you today, Daniela? <laughs> like with a chuckle at the end of uh-huh. every line to show that they're like nice people or something or that was they're very weird. having fun and it, it was all smiley. It was just like not, well, I mean, maybe it's more recent Grey's acting, but it's not the, the kind of stuff that we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this week's episode is better. Oh, is there an episode on around. 
We're not going to watch it. My birthday's on Thursday, so that trumps Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> but we'll watch. We will watch. Over the weekend. We will podcast. Watch. We will. Um, yes, we will podcast. Oh, it's also Ellen Pompeo's birthday. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered about that. Uh, see, right. I love her. She's Grey's. She is. She is. It's weird. Anyways, hope they get better so we can have more positive convo. Yes. But it's not fun having these convos. Like, this is exactly what, you know, the podcasting is supposed to be about something you love. And exactly. Obviously, we love we Grey's love Anatomy. We love Grey's Anatomy. And that will never change. And I'm glad we're watching season three at the same time. Yes. Because you realize this it is so good. was as good as anything that's ever been on TV as far as I'm concerned. So good. Yeah yeah all right thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time bye 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 grace with my dad grace with my dad grace with my dad grace with my dad